Which protein powder should you buy? Whey or casein? Whey and casein are both milk-derived proteins, but what are they at the molecular level? In order to talk about these different types of protein, we need to first understand the cheese-making process. If you don't know, cheese is the product of processing milk using various combinations of enzymes, acids, and heat. The enzymes they use to make cheese are the same enzymes you can find in the stomach of ruminants, such as cows, sheep, goats, and deers. They secrete an important group of enzymes called rennets. They help digest milk by coagulating it. Coagulating milk into curds is the traditional way of making cheese, and in the process of this, there are two products, the liquid medium and the solid curdled milk extract. The solid curdled milk extract will eventually become cheese, but the more important takeaway is that the liquid byproduct is whey, and the curds are primarily made up of casein. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is where we get these protein names. Since the curdled milk extract is collected to become cheese, the liquid whey is considered to be the discarded byproduct. Although the whey can be discarded, it still has many functional uses in fertilizing crops due to its high concentration of nitrogen. Feed for livestock since it is a complete protein enriched with all essential amino acids, fermentation of food, and baking replacement for water and milk, and most importantly, the production of whey protein powder for weightlifters like you and me. Okay, so we now know that the origin of whey and casein, but what makes them different from other proteins such as plant-based protein? We now know that whey and casein are both milk-derived proteins. Another important reason why we supplement with them is because they are considered complete proteins. This means that they contain all of the essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids in high amounts. For weightlifters, this effectively means that supplementing with either whey or casein, they are able to obtain a complete amount of each amino acid for promoting muscle synthesis. Furthermore, we can compare plant-based protein with milk-derived protein with an article written by Dr. Lim in 2021. This article is called Animal Protein versus Plant Protein in Supporting Lean Mass and Muscle Strength, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis of Randomized Controlled Trials. From this paper, they have analyzed multiple studies prior to 2021 and have come up with the conclusion that I will present now. For my weightlifting audience, I pulled some important information in this article to emphasize important points that talk about protein quality and how it affects muscle synthesis. In this paper, Dr. Lim's collective qualitative assessments showed that both animal protein and plant protein supported an increase in absolute and percent lean mass although a more substantial gain was observed with animal protein. Quantitatively, the meta-analysis revealed a favoring effect of animal protein specifically for percent lean mass. There was a significant gain in both absolute and percent lean mass with animal protein intake among adults over 50. The positive impact of animal protein on percent lean mass could be attributed to its protein quality. Protein quality is dependent on the composition of amino acids as well as its ability to be digested, absorbed, and utilized to meet the body's needs. Animal protein is deemed high quality because it provides all of the essential amino acids in sufficient quantities and tends to be well digested. 
Essential amino acids are known to stimulate the mammalian target of rapamycin complex 1, mTORC1 signaling pathway, triggering a rise in muscle protein synthesis. Plant protein, including soy, is deficient in specific essential amino acids. This relative lack of essential amino acids in plant protein may result in amino acids being directed towards urea synthesis instead of muscle building. Additionally, plant source proteins offer environmental and health benefits, and research increasingly includes them in study formulas. However, plant-based proteins have less of an anabolic effect than animal proteins due to their lower digestibility, lower essential amino acid content, especially leucine, and deficiency in other essential amino acids, such as sulfur amino acids or lysine. Thus, plant amino acids are directed towards oxidation rather than used for muscle protein synthesis. So when we assess dietary protein quality, it is based on the essential amino acid composition of a protein as it relates to the human needs and the ability of the protein to be digested, absorbed, and retained by the body. The nutritional value of dietary proteins is, therefore, related to the bioavailability of its constitutive amino acids and it depends on the efficiency of their metabolic utilization to meet the amino acid requirements necessary for growth and body protein turnover. So we know that the digestibility and utilization is an important factor for building lean muscle mass. So let's do a quick comparison and give a proper example. So generally, plant-based proteins are less digestible than animal-based proteins. This could be due to the different structure of plant versus animal proteins. The secondary structure of plant proteins is characterized by a high content in beta sheet conformation and a relatively low alpha helix amount compared to that of animal proteins. The high content in beta sheet conformation is likely related to its resistance to proteolysis in the gastrointestinal tract. Hence, the hydrophobic beta sheet structure of plant proteins that facilitate protein aggregation results in decreasing digestibility. In addition, plant-based sources contain non-starch polysaccharides or fibers that impede the access of enzymes to proteins and could induce a decrease in protein digestibility. Furthermore, the presence of some bioactive compounds named anti-nutritional factors, such as phytic acid, protease inhibitors, hemagglutinins, tannins could all also affect the digestibility of plant-based protein sources. For example, protease inhibitors are natural plant inhibitors, which have become an important research area due to their effective way of limiting enzyme activity by forming protein-protein interactions. They inhibit enzyme activity through the catalytic mode by blocking the active site of the enzymes. These inhibitors may act on our body's natural proteases such as chemotrypsin, and renders them ineffective to break down protein. Okay, so whey and casein are derived from the same source, but how are they different between each other? The most important distinction between whey and casein is their digestion rate. Whey is regarded as a fast-acting protein in which we are able to absorb and utilize the amino acids very quickly. On the other hand, casein is considered as a slow-acting protein which slowly releases amino acids in the bloodstream at a steady rate due to slow gastric emptying. There are many ways that can influence this, and most importantly is accessibility and the importance of surface area. 
for whey, the quick digestibility is due to the ease of accessibility of our protease enzymes to act on the proteins themselves. For casein, one interesting fact is that casein can form clumps called micelles. Similar to how cheese curds are formed, this curdling effect also occurs inside our bodies. Since casein becomes clumped up inside our stomachs, it makes it difficult for our enzymes to easily access it. For example, imagine a big rubber band ball made out of 100 rubber bands tied together, layered on top of each other and rolled up. And next to it is a bucket of 100 rubber bands that are all separated out. If your goal was to cut each rubber band using only a pair of scissors, which one would be quicker to complete? Well, if you said the 100 separate bands, you would be correct. We can think of the whey as the 100 separate bands, several proteins all scattered throughout the stomach but not clustered on top of one another, where they can be easily accessed by the scissors or the proteases. On the other hand, we can think of casein as the 100 clustered rubber bands, where it's difficult for enzymes to access the proteins in the center. The enzymes in the presence of casein need to slowly degrade the proteins on the outside first before it is able to degrade the proteins inside, hence the slow steady stream of amino acids in the bloodstream. The formation of these two types of proteins can influence the digestion rate as it plays an active role in amino acid metabolism. Depending on how quickly we're able to receive amino acids in our bloodstream can result in varying levels of effects. Let's analyze an article called Slow and Fast Dietary Proteins Differently Modulate Postprandial Protein Accretion by Dr. Boyirie. The experiment wanted to determine how the amino acid levels influence both muscle synthesis and amino acid oxidation by comparing the levels of carbon-13 labeled leucine in the blood over time in a group who ingested whey protein and in a group who ingested casein protein. For whey protein, it induced a dramatic but short increase of plasma amino acids. For casein, it induced a prolonged plateau of moderate hyperaminoacidemia, probably because of a slow gastric emptying. Whole body protein breakdown was inhibited by 34% after casein ingestion, but not after whey protein ingestion. Postprandial protein synthesis was stimulated by 68% with the whey protein meal, and to a lesser extent, plus 31% with the casein meal. Postprandial whole body leucine oxidation was over seven hours, was lower with casein. Essentially, what the researchers have concluded is that the fast digestion rate of whey protein induced a greater effect on protein synthesis and pushed the body into the anabolic state, since there are high amounts of amino acids in the bloodstream at once. For the slow digestion of casein, it induces an anti-catabolic state, since there is always a steady stream of amino acids that prevent the proteins on our muscles from being degraded. So unlike branched-chain amino acids in our last episode, which falsely claim to reduce muscle protein degradation, we can see that casein is actually a better supplement for anti-catabolic effects, which can be seen with scientific evidence. So we know the difference between whey and casein now, but are there any additive benefits when taking both? And the short answer is yes. Both proteins solve two different problems for weightlifters. Whey is able to solve the problem of strongly inducing the anabolic response in the body. With the flow of amino acids in the bloodstream, the body completely switches from the exercise-induced catabolic state into the anabolic state. On the other hand, 
casein is able to solve the issue with muscle degradation. When amino acids are depleted in the bloodstream, the body has no source of building materials for our muscles and in fact break down those muscles for other metabolic needs. Since casein delivers amino acids slowly in the bloodstream, our body is able to utilize the amino acids from casein instead of from our muscles. So taking both allows our body to induce a strong anabolic response after workout and maintain more muscle mass and strength than without the supplements. So to conclude, I think when we are starting to lift in the gym, any type of protein would be sufficient in gaining muscle, whether that be plant-based protein or animal-based protein. As long as there is resistance training and progressive overload with weight and proper amounts of protein, you will gain muscle mass and strength. For veteran lifters who have been lifting for several years, if you want to be optimal in maintaining muscle synthesis for prolonged periods of time, especially during cutting, a mixed protein blend is the way to go. Obviously, at the end of the day, you know your body the best and you ultimately decide what you want to spend your money on. If you are currently happy with your protein, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode because I had a blast talking about it. Anyways, next episode we will talk about fish oil. What is fish oil and what is it good for? Okay, I'll see you later. Bye-bye.